Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the PreparedX podcast. Um, I'm Rob Burton, and before we get started today, I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. Uh, the conference this year is October 27th through 29th. Um, it was going to be in Rhode Island, but uh, due to the ongoing situation uh, with COVID-19, uh, this will now be a virtual conference. Uh, and so look out for more details uh, with regards to the conference at crisisconferences.com. So more to come on that. Today I'm joined by Dr. Andy Young, who is a hostage uh, crisis negotiator. He's also an author, a speaker, uh, a professor of counseling, a victim services coordinator, and also a critical incident stress management director. So welcome, Andy. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate you reading the resume. Yeah, no. Well, what's what's interesting is I, I know it's taken us a couple of weeks to get to get to this point, and I've been advertising to our constituents, our listeners, um, about uh, this interview. So I'm sure that they'll be glad to finally uh, hear this. Uh, so appreciate um, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day, Andy. Before we get started, can can you just do a, a little bit deeper dive into who you are, a little bit about your career, and how you got to where you are today? Certainly. Well, I went to school to be a mental health professional and uh, got a master's and doctorate in the counseling field. And then uh, one day I was minding my own business and came across the uh, chief of police secretary. And uh, she said that the chief was getting tired of sending his officers to the same domestic dispute call over and over again. And he was thinking about getting some mental health professionals to join his patrol division. She asked me if I'd like to come join the police department. And I thought that sounded awesome. So I uh, joined up with them and started doing on-scene crisis counseling with the police department. At first it was to address domestic violence and domestic dispute issues and grew from there. And then after about six months of doing uh, that on-scene work with the victim services unit, the hostage negotiating team came and asked if I'd like to join up with them and go to their SWAT call outs. And I thought, wow, working with patrol was cool, but this is just outstanding. And so I got into that work and here I am 20 years later and I am still loving it. Well, I just, you know, right place, right time, wrong place, right time. I don't know which way around you look at it, but e either way, um, you know, these, uh, you know, these uh, situations that we put ourselves in uh, really um, paved the way to, um, you know, to our careers and who we become. So that's a, that's a great story. I appreciate you uh, sharing some background there. Uh, Andy, I'd like to start off. Um, you, you have a book. I know you had, I'd love to hear about these, another book that you recently um you know, just launched, but um, you know, one of your previous books, um, Fight or Flight, Negotiating Crisis on the Front Line. Um, it, within that book, uh, the beginning, you talk, you talk about, uh, or you tell a story of a lady who's on the Golden Gate Bridge, and mm. there's a Californian highway patrol officer who responds. Mm -hmm. um, she's considering jumping off the bridge. Um, you, know, I, you know, I just, it was so engaging to read that story initially, and kind of, you know, it, it really brings you into that first part. Um, mm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear from your perspective um, that story and why you chose to put that story at the beginning of the book. Sure. 
Well, uh, that is Kevin Briggs' story. He's a retired California Highway Patrolman, and he used to work the Golden Gate Bridge, and he wrote the foreword for that book. And uh, in that story, he tells about the first time that he uh, responded to somebody wanting to jump off a bridge and commit suicide. And he uh, talks about rolling up on the scene. He sees a well-dressed woman standing on the outside of the guardrail. And uh, he depicts very well how nervous he was and uh, how as he went up there, he ended up saying a lot of platitudes like, I understand and this will get better. And uh, he says the woman that he was trying to help was the one that actually kept the conversation going. And uh, he says, uh, that she probably believed that this officer had no idea what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, she came down after about 30 minutes and uh, Kevin, you know, uh, a humble guy that he is, was talking about how he felt he did real poorly and that this woman actually helped him with the intervention. <laughs> right. Um, but he does note that one key point that he had going for him was that he was authentic and he was empathetic and he did care even though he didn't uh, have the sophistication maybe that the situation might require. Right. That's, yeah, that's just fascinating. Have you met him? Yes. Uh, he and I spoke at the same conference in 2014 and uh, have be, uh, become friends ever since. That's fascinating. Yeah. And um, please share this with him afterwards. I'm not sure if he's uh, on LinkedIn or any of the professional, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll share this with him or if you can, I think uh, that would be um, a great honor for us to, you know, to share his story with, uh, with our audience. And I'm sure he would like that. I will do it. Um, so moving on, can you provide some of your own experience and, and give our audience an insight into, um, you know, specifically crisis negotiation? How did you get involved? Uh, and then, I mean, you've mentioned, you know, briefly at the beginning there with your bio, um, but, um, you know, how did you build your own negotiating skills and how did you get involved? Yeah, uh, well, again, kind of like being in the right place, wrong place, right time kind of thing. Uh, the negotiating team asked if I would start running on their call outs with them. And I said, sure. And next thing I know, I got a phone call just one evening as I'm driving around town. Uh, one of the negotiators called and said, hey, Andy, we're talking to somebody who wants to jump off a bridge. We've been talking to him from about an hour. We're not really getting anywhere. We mentioned to him that we have a counselor that's on the team. And would you like to talk to a counselor? And he said, yes. So do you mind coming over here to the interstate on this overpass and helping us out? And so I drove over and tried to help out. And so uh, it was really trial by fire, kind of yeah, like with right. jumping in to see what happens. I guess, forgive the pun. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I pulled up to this highway overpass. Uh, I walked out to where the two negotiators were and the uh, gentleman standing on the outside of the guardrail. And the two negotiators introduced me to him. And then they said, all right, well, we want to give you a little privacy. And they walked off. And so it was just me hmm. and this man and off we go. And uh, I mean, what I had in that moment was my counselor training. So that's, of course, what I referred to. Mm -hmm. And I learned later how much overlap there is between uh, mental health counseling and hostage negotiating with the foundation being exactly what Kevin was talking about, empathy understanding listening mm -hmm. and trying to connect with the person yeah that, that's you know that's fascinating how uh, you know you 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 took yourself back there for a second um, you know we need some time alone and then all of a sudden you were alone and it's like okay I'm in I'm in, I'm in it now right? right so yeah and that's often how we how we learn so that that's great 
Yeah, I had a number of experiences that were like that early on. And that's kind of what inspired writing the book Fight or Flight was, man, I don't think people would believe this happened. <laughs> this will help somebody else before they end up in the same hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. Great book, by the way, for anyone that's listening. So <clears throat> get to Amazon and, uh, and download that or you know, pick that book up. It's a great book. Um, can we move on to uh, Andy, on to hostage negotiation uh, from the negotiator's perspective? You know, what are the main differences between, you know, preventing someone from committing suicide, jumping off the bridge um, to talking to, uh, you know, an armed individual or, you know, someone who, who may be, you know, wanting to cause harm to, you know, to hostages or to, um, to themselves? Certainly. Um, well, someone who's contemplating suicide, uh, I've talked to many people in similar cases, but their, their motivations, what got them there may, may all be different. You know, some are depressed, some are angry over relationship issues, some are psychotic, some are on drugs, but in the end, they're just trying to navigate their own life circumstances and their emotions and their anger or depression is turned inwards. But when we have a hostage situation, we may have all those same dynamics, but then the added layer of an innocent third party or semi-innocent third party who's also involved. And so <laughs> we're trying to assist the individual in crisis and try and help protect somebody who uh, might be in danger as well. So we have all these added considerations and dynamics like who comes out first if uh, the situation gets resolved? Mm -hmm. uh, what if this hostage is not a very friendly or nice person and is making the situation worse? How do we manage that? Uh, we have Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, of course, we have the value of innocent life. If it's children, um, demands, uh, the clock. <laughs> it's much more complicated when you have a hostage involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, you know, just what you've touched on there, you just, just can't imagine. Do you, do you have examples, you know, one, one or two examples of, you know, those situations um, that you've had to, you know, personally uh, negotiate? Uh, maybe, you know, one that went well, and, and although we don't want to hear it, one that maybe didn't go as well? Yeah. Um, well, of course, my uh, history of just getting thrown into it. <laughs> First hostage negotiator call out that I assisted with it lasted 15 hours wow yeah the uh, gentleman in my estimation was a psychopath he really didn't have empathy uh, he was really just uh, motivated by his own uh, narcissism if you will mm -hmm. and uh, he took his ex-girlfriend hostage and it was a tactically impossible situation and it was really us trying to do everything we could think of to postpone the inevitable because it really looked to us early on that this guy was on a mission and there was no stopping him. And tactically there was nothing we could do without getting her hurt. Yep. And so we, we worked for 15 hours, but in the end he, he did what he intended to do. He killed her. He tried to uh, kill a bunch of police officers and then he killed himself. And so that was my first experience with hostage negotiating, and that would be in 2003. And that, yeah, again, trial by fire and uh, learning quite quickly what you might have power over and what you don't. Yeah, sure. Um, on, on the flip side to that, I've, you know, I'm sure it's difficult as well to talk about, um, you know, are there any crisis negotiation situations 
you know, and obviously, you know, you, you mentioned the one in the book about the Golden Gate Bridge and, you know, you, you touched on your own experiences, but um, is there any other ones uh, that you can share with that have maybe unique circumstances? I'm sure each one has yeah. it, it, its own, you, you know, obviously the situation is unique to each individual, but, you know, yeah. is there any anything that's unique to, you know, to the negotiation process? Yeah, well, there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, we had a hostage deal where detectives went looking for a murder suspect knocked on the door and uh, the guy was actually at the house next door and started shooting at him. We have a little cowboy shootout in the street and the bad guy runs into just this random house that has a woman and child in there. And off we go with another hostage situation. This was probably eight years ago, but through the process, kind of like what I've alluded to through trying to understand this gentleman to try and de-escalate, to try and work through his demands, uh, deal with what he's nervous about. After about, I would say, maybe two or three hours, uh, he came out and everybody was safe. And so it was really nice to have, uh, you know, something other than just the most horrible and impossible situation that I started out with uh, almost 20 years ago. Sure. Yeah. And, and any others that spring to mind? Say again? Any others that spring to mind? Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> sorry, I laughed just, you know, <clears throat> just because of the impossible situations sometimes that come up. Uh, there was a gentleman who was uh, high on meth and in his brother's house, and he called the patrol department uh, to uh, try and get him out of the house. And so the patrol officers went in, and this gentleman had a machete, and he was holed up in a, uh, in a closet. And so the officers were holding him at gunpoint and eventually we ended up uh, over there. And so we're trying to talk to this guy who wants suicide by a cop. He's armed with a machete. The patrol officers have their guns out. And again, it's kind of like this okay corral feel to it. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I've ended up walking into a place. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot from that situation. It didn't go very well. And then about right. a year later we had another one that was the same thing and when the officers got there they tactically handled it very differently and essentially barricaded the guy in there with couches and pillows just so he couldn't come run out at us with a knife right that one got resolved quite uh quite simply and easily uh and at the end of it me and a new negotiator who was uh talking to the man we went over to the car that he was in and we talked to him a little bit before he went to the hospital and then on to jail. And we asked him, you know, sir, what, what helped you make the right decision today to come out? And he said, he pointed to the negotiator that was with me. He said, because I trust you. Mm. And that, that, that to me just typifies the whole thing we're trying to do. Wow. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Um, okay. Let's start to wrap up here, Andy. You know, this has been fascinating and, and we could probably talk for a while on, uh, on these stories. Um, you know, you got some, some very uh, interesting stories to share with us, but um, you know, I'd like to, you know, talk about the negotiator though. And, you know, the counselor, you know, has it, you know, has this taken a personal toll on you over the years from, from what you've seen and heard, um, you know, other services, that can help negotiators, you know, manage some of the trauma maybe they're dealing with on the mental health side. I can imagine that, um, you know, uh, you and, and many of the other negotiators have been part of, you know, many different types of, uh, you know, scenes that, um, you know, sometimes can be probably be challenging. Yes, they, they can be uh, challenging. Uh, many times they can be quite traumatic. 
So of course we lean on each other um, and it, it is difficult to share some of these circumstances with other people. I'm we sure. Yeah. Protect others by not saying anything. Um, but really the uh, alternative is to get it out and to talk with people you trust. And that's actually one of the reasons I wrote these books was my own self care, trying to get these stories out on paper to kind of cognitively process them and make sense of them after the fact and also deal with the emotional side of it and, and try and get that out on paper or talk it out with people. So just that social support and going through the, uh, the effort to articulate it really has a lot of psychological benefit. Yeah, yeah, it's good to talk, right? I mean, we, we're hearing that a lot in, in, uh, in this you know, day and age where it's, you know, it's become or becoming, you know, um, you know, for anyone that's, you know, you know, dealing with anything, um, you know, it's good to, you know, just get it out there. And, um, you know, for you to get it down on paper, sounds like, um, it, you know, it's helped you. So I'd love to hear about your second book. I know or you, you have another book as well, Andy, that I just noticed on LinkedIn that you were just promoting. So uh, as we start to wrap here, wrap up here, do you have any final comments, you know, maybe, um, you know, tell us a little bit about that book and um, how listeners might be able to get a hold of the book, but also uh, contact you. Sure. Well, the uh, second book is called When Every Word Counts, and I wanted to get my negotiating call-out stories on paper as well, again, with the purpose of just trying to inform people about these extraordinary circumstances, and then help new negotiators <laughs> gain some experience without all the fuss and muss of <laughs> making the mistakes that we've made in the past. Sure. And by mistakes, I mean, you know, just that learning curve that comes from not doing something very much kind of like Kevin mentioned at the beginning of uh, my first book so if you're interested in that book I've got my own website it's just drandyyoung.com d-r-a-n-d-y-y-o-u-n-g.com yep okay we'll put that in the show notes uh, for sure um and uh, again uh thanks for your time today Andy thanks for sharing uh, the stories and uh, we look forward to uh hearing from you again soon I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Well, that wraps up episode 73 uh, of the podcast. I encourage uh, you to listen or to share this uh, podcast and please rate us on iTunes or any of the other outlets where you may be listening to this. Uh, I know some people listen to this through our uh, website. So um, there's a little comment box underneath. So we'd love to hear, uh, have, hear from you and let us know uh, how you found uh, this podcast today. Uh, until next time, have a safe and productive day. Take care.